How fashion and luxury will evolve in the face of disruption brought on by the pandemic, new technologies, and environmental and social concerns is a question top of mind for the industry. What will fashion look like in two, three, or 10 years time? To answer it, we're spending 30 minutes each week with industry innovators leading the way through a changing landscape. I'm Hilary Milnes, and this is the future of fashion, The Innovators by Vogue Business. This podcast is sponsored by PayPal, the most trusted buy now, pay later brand, according to a recent survey, which gives merchants access to PayPal's 377 million users worldwide. Learn more at paypal.com slash paylaterenterprise. The business of buying luxury online accelerated over the course of the pandemic. Now, the industry is at a turning point with new technologies, innovations, and commitments to sustainability on the agenda. Here today to kick off this season and discuss the progress and setbacks of 2020, as well as what comes next, is Federico Marchetti, founder and chairman of Uxnet Porte Group. Thanks so much for being here, Federico. Thank you, Hilary. So let's start by looking back at the last year. Do you feel like it was a validation for online luxury? In one year, what has happened in one year uh, would have happened uh, in uh, five years in normal time. I remember when I started uh, UX in 99, uh, when I came up with the idea that uh, online luxury uh, represented uh, probably 0% compared to the big fashion brands. And, and now we're talking about 20 or 30%. So definitely there's been a, a huge acceleration. At the same time, I would say that this uh, has been a kind of a digital indigestion because uh, we could do only digital no, because we were in our homes and uh, so there was no alternatives. So I don't expect uh, for people who are asking the question, uh, uh, do you think that the stores will disappear? I don't expect the physical stores to disappear. I expect that there will be a good balance between online and offline for the big uh, fashion and luxury brands. And, and actually, this is also what uh, we're working on since 2016 with a project uh, called Next Era, because we think it's the next era of retail, which is basically integrating the online with the offline. We started with Valentino, with Valentino.com, and now we are rolling out also Armani.com. In that strategy that you guys have had since 2016, what, what do you consider to be like the pillars of digital luxury? How is it different than retail en masse? What, what, elevation, what standards do luxury customers have that brands and, and companies like Uxnet Porte um, need to keep working towards and, and keeping in mind? I mean, digital luxury, um, since I started, uh, for me, it was uh, always uh, about uh, the highest quality possible to give uh, to the customers, both in terms of the assortment and in terms of uh, the proximity of uh, one brand with another. So not to, to mix and match, uh, for example, uh, fast fashion with uh, true luxury, as well as uh, the service. The service has been always uh, like on the top of my mind for the last 20 years because of the service is uh, what uh, the luxury customers want. Definitely things have b- become better and better. 20 years ago, I remember with UPS Italy when I started that I had to to sit down around the table with the CEO of UPS and uh, understand uh, the processes of uh, shipping, delivery and returns, how to structure this, because uh, basically we were the first to do it, not only in Italy, but I would say for most of Europe, selling online uh, 
luxury fashion. Now it's a totally different story. So we are uh, we've been also very innovative with the service, coming up with ideas like uh, kind of uh, the butler service or the courier that waits outside of your door and uh, for 10-15 minutes you can try on uh, the item and then if you don't like it you can uh, give it back immediately to the courier without uh, the trouble of calling UPS and asking to, to come back. So I think uh, in the end assortment, service and content which has been a true pillar for our company from the very beginning, definitely for Netaporte, Mr. Porter, in terms of editorial content, but also for Ux in terms of uh, innovative content like video streaming and so on. And content is uh, what uh, the, the customers are looking for, the inspiration before buying uh, something of luxury that uh, hopefully will last uh, more than one season, more than one year, and uh, they can pass on also to the next generation. And where do you think content and commerce sits now? Um, has that accelerated? Has that changed? What are customers looking for in that regard? Because I know, you know, of course, fashion media has changed drastically. The rules of Instagram has changed things drastically. Um, where do you see content and commerce going next? I believe that uh, videos and uh, innovative content, meaning, uh, for example, AI, will play an important role in content. For example, we did a Christmas campaign where like there was a, I don't know, I think 1,200 variants of uh, a video according to the segmentation of the different customers. So this is something that you can do only with the AI and you couldn't do definitely 10 years ago because it was impossible like to manage such a, a big quantity of data and to target specifically and kind of uh, with the laser focus uh, like the different segments of, of customers. So I think uh, AI will play definitely an important role in content and commerce. And then there's always the human creativity that is uh, the most important thing because uh, like AI is a tool, but the human creativity to come up with the great ideas that um, are different uh, from the others and not using always the same uh, celebrity, using the same uh, influencer, which is something that uh, I, I've been uh, definitely trying hard uh, when uh, I was a CEO of Hugh Santa Porte to convey this message that we need to be different from the others. I think uh, this is uh, just... Uh, human creativity that will completely be always the most important part. You recently moved into the role of chairman. What has changed about your position? What are you focusing on right now? And, and you know, what comes next for you? At the beginning of uh, 2020, you, I decided to step down from the CEO position after 20 years. So, I mean, I think uh, it was uh, probably very few. Jeff Bezos on, on, in Amazon and, and myself. And there were not so many other CEOs for 20 years in e-commerce. So I thought it was uh, the end of a cycle, 20 years. No? So I didn't, I didn't feel uh, to do another five-year plan uh, because I, I didn't think it was right. I thought that the company needed uh, some fresh blood. And uh, so I opened the succession plan. Uh, it was uh, February 2020. Then... Uh, Something went wrong because, like, as you know, in March, there was uh, the COVID uh, mm -hmm. pandemic. And so definitely, as a, let's say, the captain of the boat, I decided to 
put on hold the succession plan because I didn't, I couldn't uh, leave my people in the middle of a pandemic, obviously. Now, as a chairman, I'm fully focused on the transition because uh, obviously, like, uh, I, I dream uh, of Uxnet Aporte that I founded uh, five years ago. I dream of it as a very successful company, as the leader now with the 4.5 million customers. So we are still the leader in the industry uh, in terms of traffic, in terms of number of customers. And so I'm, I want the transition to work very well. And so first thing I'm, I'm helping on the transition to smooth the transition. Then uh, I still have uh, as a direct report the sustainability team because uh, it's always been my passion, my dream, my mission since uh, 2009 when I launched Uxygen, that was, uh, let's say, our project around sustainability at Ux, and then with Net Sustain uh, for Net Aporte. So basically, I've been always focused on, on sustainability since more than 13 years. And so I'm still running sustainability and the new vision 2030, so for the next 10 years, uh, which is called Infinity. And then outside of Hugh Santa Porte, I've uh, accepted with uh, honor uh, to join Mr. Armani as uh, his own um, advisor, consigliere in his board as the only uh, non-family member. Uh, recently, I've been joining also John Elkan, uh, as, as you know, like he's uh, uh, among other interests, uh, Ferrari, Stellantis and so on. But uh, he also owns uh, through XOR this group uh, that is called JD, which is a, a leading Italian publishing group. Uh, so for a digital transformation of the newspapers in Italy, so which I think it's, it's very important to follow and is something new for me. And then uh, probably for the summer solstice, uh, I will uh, announce uh, something more in the UK that now is still uh, secret and confidential. So I cannot tell you. What about the conversations with the brands? How has the mindset changed around digital and technology? I imagine that the conversations you're having this year are very different than the ones you might have had at the outset. Where are the brands now in, in terms of how they need to be selling and how they need to be reaching customers, especially younger ones? Online was seen as a nice thing to have, so, but still a marginal <laughs> business. They were very curious. I have to say, and also very open. So when people say that in fashion, people are very closed, it's not true at all. I mean, I was a dreamer. I was an outsider. So I didn't, I was not coming from fashion and they listened to me and they dream with me. So I have to, 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 to say that they, they've been very, very good with me, despite I was not an insider. Now, I don't think that there is a, any CEO in the world of fashion and that doesn't have digital as a top priority. Now priority number one in his agenda. In terms of resources and talents, I think that's the difficult part because um, Uxnet Aporte in the last 20 years, we've been training and training and growing, which I think I'm, is one of the things I'm very proud of. Uh, a lot, a lot of young women, uh, men, uh, uh, starting also from scratch. No, not necessarily. We, we could hire people that they had a lot of experience because we were the first. As a training, I always had also difficulty, you know, to find the great talents. So I think that what uh, the fashion world will be missing 
desperately. And uh, I know this also because I receive uh, one call per week from different brands that they say, who can be like a good guy doing e-commerce? Do you know this guy? Do you, can you give me the references of this uh, woman uh, that is working in uh, Spain and so on? So I think uh, talents is, uh, I think, uh, the, the part that needs to be addressed. Uh, because obviously they cannot train them uh, from scratch because not necessarily they have digital competencies, especially technology competencies. So they needed to grow these talents. Uh, and uh, and I think that will be like the most difficult part for the fashion brands. What has your mantra and outlook on, on hiring been? Is it a bit more beneficial for a company that wants to, you know, invest in, in AI and personalization for luxury to hire outside of the luxury industry? How can the industry get to a place where they have the right people? I always thought uh, of Hugh Saint-Aporté uh, of uh, 50% technology and 50% luxury and fashion. So sometimes I hire people that they were very good in technology, like data scientists, uh, engineers, uh, uh, programmers, uh, and so on. And sometimes very people very, very good in luxury, like buyers and uh, with a great taste uh, and, and so on. So I think that the mix of the two, which is also like kind of my, my vision and my mission in the last 20 years, which is uh, to find a good balance between uh, human and machine. So this uh, balance between human and machine has been uh, my, let's say, my light for many decisions and many strategies that I've taken uh, uh, during these 20 years. Uh, so um, I've never wanted to push too much to technology only because uh, luxury is uh, an emotional uh, industry. It's, uh, it has to do with emotions, with quality. With uh, so it's warm, while technology is cold. So I always wanted to have um, a warm technology to offer to our customers. So when you led the merger between Uxanetta Porte, that was you know I think clearly one of the biggest um, of the industry at least in the last twenty years. Are, do you see that that will be a continuing trend in terms of more consolidation? Um, how do you see? the right setup happening for especially brands, but also, you know, other retailers, do you think you'll, we'll see more mergers and, and more acquisitions? So definitely e-commerce and fashion e-commerce has become, uh, a, I would call it uh, a much mature business, uh, which is also one of the reasons why I decided to step down uh, last year. Because for an innovator and entrepreneur that in the last 20 years has continued continuously has invented new things and new things and new things. In a way, I, I realized that uh, in a mature business, uh, there was uh, less uh, new things to invent. And uh, being a mature business definitely means that there's uh, a lot of players, a lot of competitors, size uh, matters. In a way, I was a pioneer, as you just mentioned. Thank you for that. Uh, when uh, I, 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 I led uh, together with Mr. Johan Rupert of, uh, of Richmond, I led the merger between Hughes uh, and Netaporte almost uh, five, six years ago. So I saw that this thing was coming in a way. Same story, I would say, when uh, we did uh, together with Richmond, we did the joint venture with Alibaba 
that was in 2008, announced in 2017 and, per, and uh, completed in 2018. So also that one, uh, I saw that China online uh, was important to do a partnership with Alibaba. But um, I really don't know if uh, other acquisitions or mergers will happen. But uh, I probably presume that uh, being a, a, a business for grown-ups, I think that this consolidation uh, will be more and more important or, or definitely there will be less room uh, for the small players. Right. And then what's your outlook on, on startups and I think the next generation of, of business models for luxury we hear about, we're hearing about reselling and even fashion rental, but resale a lot, I think, has, has gone leaps and bounds during the course of the pandemic. Are you interested in those in those areas at all? I'm super interested because, as I mentioned before, my passion and also my future as an entrepreneur is around sustainability and definitely sustainability at the intersection with innovation. So I, I see definitely a big trend and definitely this part is not so mature like e-commerce. So I see that sustainability is at a stage that is definitely behind the maturity of e-commerce. That's why I'm so interested as an innovator. So there's a lot to innovate in sustainability, and especially in the circular economy. One, one example is uh, about the digital ID, which uh, in a way is, uh, I would say, the foundation for the circular business. Because if you can have a digital passport for each item where you, you know exactly the materials, you know exactly where it's made, you know exactly the artisans who made it, you know the story behind each item, definitely you put yourself in a, in a huge advantage in terms of reselling, repairing and caring for these items. And I've always been also like a big, big believer in this mantra of uh, buy less, uh, but buy better, uh, which is, I think, also personally, uh, I remember when I met with uh, Israel Highness, uh, we were looking at our shoes and uh, he, he owned these shoes for the last 20 years. And I said, <laughs> I have old shoes as well that I love so much that I, I bring to repair and every year. But they are still fantastic. And like, why not? Why not wearing also for 10 years or 20 years if they're still uh, of the highest quality and they still look beautiful? So I think uh, this uh, mentality of uh, lasting fashion rather than fast fashion I think it will be like the biggest trend in the next coming years. And that's interesting. So where where then does technology and innovation help to facilitate that? Because it sounds, you know, kind of what you're talking about almost sounds like a return to basics, a return to emphasis on quality and artisanship. But where in your mind does technology help to guide sustainability um, goals and, and commitments for, for luxury? One example could be also like the Yux Mirror, which is uh, powered by AI which is basically a virtual try-on within the Yux app uh, where customers can try on the items directly on an avatar, which definitely reduces the waste, reduce because like, they know better the sizing and reduce also the returns, which is one of the reasons why, why e-commerce can be 
very polluted now because there's no not only like the shipping to the customer but also the return from the customer so these are just two examples but i can basically stay here and talk about technology helping sustainability and helping the planet and another another one that maybe i can mention is uh, data now for example uh, in the collection uh, we have uh, mr p and eight that are the two own labels of Mr. Porter and Hughes. And these uh, own labels, they are powered by data, by our data. So for example, we know everything about our customers and by knowing everything about our customer, long-term preferences, for example, we can manufacture own labels that, that are more targeted to our customers, which means that we reduce the waste, which is uh, definitely more sustainable, et cetera, et cetera. In terms of the past year being a turning point for fashion in so many different ways, a lot of what brought to light was, you know, supply chain, inventory management, just the amount of waste that came out of um, last year. Do you see that being a top priority for fashion to fix? I think when you think about, okay, what, what does fashion need to fix? It's the overproduction, the season cycles even that are out of step. Is that going in a different direction now? I, I believe so. I believe... Uh... For example, Mr. Armani, when he wrote the letter to WWD uh, during the lockdown, and uh, by saying that um, we need to, so basically there was been a, rather than a global warming, there's been a, a fashion warming because of too many collections, of t- too much stress for the creative people, too many travel to Morocco for the fashion show, to Tokyo for the, the anniversary of this and that. Uh, so I think uh, basically what he said, uh, which I think also has been embraced by many others, is uh, that we need to slow down and uh, slow fashion rather than fast fashion, which is the concept that I mentioned before now, which is uh, the one, the, the, the lasting quality, lasting fashion rather than uh, the fashion just for one season. I remember a few years ago, there was uh, this big trend uh, called uh, See Now, By Now. I don't, I don't know if you remember. I do. It has completely disappeared because in the end it was uh, very close to fast fashion and it was a big mistake. And uh, very few of us said that it was not right because of the supply chain and because it was uh, forcing everything to be too fast. I remember Brunello Cuccinelli saying that it was wrong and so on. Myself, which I'm not a, a designer, but still I didn't think that it was right. So I think now this uh, see now by now will be replaced by by now and where forever. And I think that would be like the, the next uh, future of, of fashion. From a company perspective, what do you do in terms of newness that is i think been a very driving force for for fashion and the reason you know why there were so many collections and why this need for see now by now seemed apparent was because people are always looking for newness they're seeing everything on their phones in real time do you think that this that idea to buy now wear forever where do you get the excitement from newness there believe it or not during the covid pandemic if i could uh, spot one big trend for example, of Mr. Porter and Neta Porte, was uh, the true luxury brands. 
So the one, uh, the highest level, the highest positioning with the highest price point, let's put it this way to make it simple, where and are those ones uh, that they are the best sellers. So definitely people are definitely focused more and more on investment fashion that is for the long term and not just for the short term. And this doesn't go, is not def- necessarily a contradiction with um, newness because uh, it can be like a fantastic uh, coat, uh, cashmere coat uh, by, I cannot mention the designer, not to, to disappoint the others that is uh, absolutely new, but uh, if you buy it, uh, you know that you're going to wear it maybe also next year, uh, and maybe like uh, your son will be very happy when uh, he becomes uh, 18 to wear it. How much do you look at the new, um, like emerging behaviors of younger customers? Um, I think it's especially relevant in China, which is obviously a huge market for luxury right now. How do you see that affecting luxury? What I've seen uh, from young customers is... uh, that they are very, very focused on uh, conscious uh, shopping. So like sustainability for them uh, is a top priority. So we have, uh, for example, we have an area, dedicated area on Yux, so we have a dedicated area on, uh, on Netaporte about sustainable brands and uh, the target uh, and also like most of our customers are very young. So I trust the young generation to be better than the old generation in terms of uh, sustainable shopping. Mm-hmm. But where do you see the responsibility lie? Because I think that a lot of times, or for a long time at least, this idea was that people are going to vote with their dollars. They're going to want more sustainable options. And then brands will need to you know, come to the table with that. And especially with this younger generation that is does have a much more um, awareness of, of sustainability and, and shopping more responsibly. That said, it's a bigger problem than than the consumer, I think, can really fix. What responsibility is on the brand side then? Every brand that I know, they are making a big effort to, to become more sustainable in terms of the supply chain, in terms of the materials used. Now I'm, I'm doing this big campaign around the di- digital ID because I think it can change a lot uh, in terms of uh, the circular business of fashion. So I see that the next uh, two, three years, we will see a lot of changes in the fashion industry around sustainability. I believe that uh, will be the next big thing after the digital. And maybe the the pandemic has been an accelerator, not only of the digital uh, penetration, but also of the sustainable efforts of these brands. Because I mean, in the end, uh, we've seen that the two things are quite correlated and you can help the planet on one side and at the same time, like uh, you can be more digital and probably the two things can help each other. Yeah, it's interesting because it seems like it's it's using technology and new innovation to at the same time return a bit to the foundations of fashion, which is, you know, things that last a long time. Also in terms of distribution, no? because for mm-hmm. example, the next era project that we launched uh, a few years ago with Valentino and now with Armani, it means that you can be much more efficient in terms of distribution by integrating online and offline. So so you don't have to overproduce, but basically you will show to the customer one single virtual inventory, which means that you are much more efficient, which means that this will reduce the leftovers. So I think that that's 
also one way, for example, for the digital to be more and more sustainable. And do you see the pace also slowing down? Because to your point earlier, it was a big, you know, I think moment during the pandemic where designers were speaking out and saying, you know, a lot of what has been happening should slow down. We should kind of use this as a moment to take a step back and rethink. Where do you think that'll end up? I think that will be definitely a big rethink of the fashion industry, which doesn't mean that um, what we've seen before will completely disappear. I'm not uh, a fanatic. I've never been a fanatic. When I started my business, I remember it was uh, April 2000 uh, when I founded my company. And uh, it was at the beginning of uh, when there was the, the burst of the bubble economy. And so basically, in April 2000, nobody believed anymore in e-commerce. <laughs> it was only 20 years ago. I still think that uh, a good balance between uh, online and offline uh, is uh, the way forward. Same story for fashion shows. No? So now this year we've seen uh, only digital on uh, fashion shows. So only online streaming and so on. So the question is, uh, do you think that in the future the fashion shows will disappear? I don't think so. The answer is no. I think that there will be like a, a rethinking of the fashion shows. So probably rather than uh, so many fashion shows, maybe we will uh, have uh, a few, uh, but very big and very good, maybe in beautiful places uh, to appreciate the cultural surrounding of uh, the, this place, because maybe you want to help also like the local community or maybe because uh, you want to go to Florence and smell also the lemon trees uh, on the hill of, of Florence uh, in order to give also like another sense uh, to the view of the, of the beautiful items that you're going to see. So I think that it will be a combination, an integration between uh, what we've seen this year and what we've seen in the past. And I think the final result, I'm 100% sure, will be better than before. Great. That's very promising. Just one last question. Um, what advice then do you have for entrepreneurs in fashion right now, emerging designers, um, especially, you know, keeping in mind the idea that it is a little bit harder for smaller players in the industry, but I think, you know, replenishing talent will always be a, a big part of fashion. So what, did, what advice do you have for those who are just, just now getting started? Uh, for example, on, on, on a positive note for the small and young designers, that is something that actually I've been promoting and supporting since 2011 when uh, with my friend Franca Sozzani, uh, we launched uh, the Vogue Youth Talent um, with, uh, for example, J.W. Anderson I was uh, like uh, in this uh, Vogue talent a long time ago. So during the pandemic, we've seen not only um, a big focus on sustainability, but also a, a lot of customers focusing more and more on uh, small brands. Uh, for example, on Etaporte, the, the, the Vanguard, the, 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 that's how it's called for the young designers, on Yux, on Mr. Porter. And I believe uh, that also artisans will play an important role in the future because in the end, the true luxury, if you, if you think about it, is coming from artisans. Now, the, the, the time it takes to make one item and it may be so different from all the other items that, that are coming out of these hands. 
So I think uh, young designers and artisans uh, will play an important role in luxury, in true luxury. A piece of, of advice for young designers, I think that uh, definitely sustainability should be on top of their priorities in the coming years because that's what customers want and also, also that's what the planet wants. Definitely. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time, but thank you so much, Federico, for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you, Hilary. Thank you for business for this uh, lovely podcast. Join us next week for a conversation with Depop CMO Peter Semple, TikTok influencer Tim DeSaint, and Vogue Business Trends Editor Lucy McGuire. You can find all our shows from this series on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Vogue Business website. For more coverage on the future of fashion, subscribe to the Vogue Business newsletter at VogueBusiness.com. Our executive producer was Alad John. My name is Hilary Milnes. That was the future of fashion. Thanks for listening. This podcast is sponsored by PayPal, the most trusted buy now, pay later brand, according to a recent survey, which gives merchants access to PayPal's 377 million users worldwide. Learn more at paypal.com slash paylaterenterprise.